My guest is my friend, Jack Maxwell. You probably know him from Booze Traveler. You might also know him because this is the, the third or fourth podcast of mine that you've done. But unlike, I think, anyone else in the world, you more know what I have gone through than anybody else on so many levels. Many levels. Thank you very much. That was our show. That's on. I think that was really good. I think we nailed it. Did I say too many words? Yeah, you, you said a word. I should have just said one. I like that we're friends because it's really nice to to have someone who gets exactly what you've gone through. Yeah. Because everybody sees this. Oh, you're going around the world. You're having drinks. You're making money. All this stuff. Oh, what a life. They don't see the... The other 90% of the iceberg, and I'm yeah. not complaining. Right. But uh, I have to be just... careful to not comp- Well, when I used to get interviewed, when the shows were on the air, I did a lot of radio, a lot of morning radio, waking up early. I'm sure you did too. Sure. And they would always ask me things about, oh, it must be so great, da da da. And I'd always feel somehow guilty. I think because, it, because they are amazing gigs, and I felt guilty, and I tried to downplay it. And it was like it was all, it was like never working. At one point, Mel's like, "You got to stop doing that." I'm like, "I don't know. I feel like guilty." And then I went on an audition one time because it was for a sitcom, and one of the producer writers was a fan of Three Sheets. And I walked in. They're like, "Ah, Zane Lamprey." I'm like, "Hey." They're like, "You drunk right now?" I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't really. Honestly, when I'm home, I don't drink that much." And it was just like took the sail, just wind gone. You know? Yeah, that's a funny thing too because, you know, I I, I I'm not complaining i love what i got to do but the reason i talked about the other side of it because just like you did your show in a way that you felt was truly you authentically you and honest i want to be honest about it because if i just pretend it's the greatest thing in the world and i'm never tired and it's always fun and i'm always drinking and being uh faded by kings and you know Mm -hmm. royalty and drinking the best stuff in the world then that's not honest and i want to do the show that way so when i'm on camera they say I think he's being himself and being real because when he's interviewed, he tells about the other side of it, yeah. too. That's the only reason I, I, I try to let everybody know exactly what it's like, not just the good stuff. Because there's, there are very few things on earth that's just all good, right? You do um, four seasons? Four, yeah. How many episodes? Uh, 73 of, well, 63 of Booze Traveler, 10 of Booze Traveler Best Bars, and three of the trip. So 76 total. Wow. For Travel From, from what years? Uh, this is uh, Mel made us s'mores. Sorry, Nick, can you grab? There's a new bag of sticks over there. Thanks. Oh, we get the new sticks, not the old ones. Get the get an old stick for <laughs> Jack and a new stick for me. I, see, that's because uh, you know you, you treat me like that with new sticks. I just that's just the best thing ever. If I if I start giving you new sticks, you start expecting all these nice things. Yeah, like uh, this beautiful drink and and. A nice fire. By the way, I love the name Lightly Toasted. Thanks. You were always great with names like Chug, the duality of being on a train and drinking, Crafts and Crafts. You know, we're doing arts and crafts and then also craft beers. Yeah. And now Lightly Toasted, we're drinking. And with the fire, I'm thinking you just said s'more, so we're going to do that. Yeah. Very clever. Really Thanks, good man. stuff. Wait, you know, we do so many in my office. And I, and I, I built this part of my house. Um, Thank you. Oh, thank you. And I built that office with the intention of being able to do podcasts from it. Yeah. And it's fine, but it's not like, it's not unique. And I just wanted something unique. And 
Also, I just wanted more of a a real experience. Me sitting behind my desk, you sitting on the couch. It's fine. We had good conversations. Yeah. And those podcasts are still up for people to hear. But I think sitting by a fire, having a drink, toasting s'mores, we're doing stuff. And I think it's visually more interesting for people. I, I'd say probably more people listen to this than they do watch it. Um, but uh, Oh, what they're missing. The, f- oh, oh, the fire. Oh, what they're missing. The fire, right? The mid frame like that. <laughs> the sticks, these long, <laughs> these long wiggly sticks. sticks. <laughs> wiggly sticks. The stumps right here. The nice stumps. It's nice. Oh. oh, you're just oh you're just describing it for the for the people so they don't have to see it. Oh. Um, sorry. And then what I'm doing right now is I'm opening a bag that Mel prepared for us. I love Mel. Uh, non-plastic sandwich bags, and I'm gonna put a marshmallow on it. And I'm sitting here wondering if at some point you're going to do the same thing. Sure, I was following your lead. I didn't know if I was supposed to wait till you're done and then do it. Oh no, I don't know what the small protocol is exactly. There's no, there's show. no, there's no protocol. That's the point. You, you want to know a secret? Is it? Yeah. I hate s'mores. <laughs> I always have. I've hated marshmallows my whole life. I didn't even like Lucky Charms. Because they had too many marshmallows. And when you said we're going to do s'mores, I like you more than I hate marshmallows. So I said I'm going to do it. What are you going to do? You're not actually going to have a marshmallow. I am because I'll cover it with chocolate and graham cracker and then force it down. Oh, my God. And we have drinks. So that makes everything okay. But I don't know how to make s'mores because I've never done it. I swear to God. Um, Never in my life. That's amazing. Why why is that? Because I hate marshmallows. Yeah, but... You've been in situations where you're sitting around a uh, a campfire with people and they're doing marshmallows and you just don't do hot it. dogs. Okay, I just grill hot dogs. But the fire. you just haven't had a lot of exposure to marshmallows. You know, I can't remember how many times. I mean, it's like maybe like zero or one that everyone was sitting around doing s'mores and they passed it to me and I said. Okay, I'll, I just don't remember. It hasn't yeah. happened. Maybe I went to have a drink or whatever. I don't know. Sorry. Can you just run to the store and get um, hot dogs? <laughs> Orga- organic? Is that fine for you? Jesus. I want crow. s'mores. This, but this is it. Another thing I'm doing with Zane Lamprey, having s'mores. Uh, we're having Mai Tais. Um, and uh, Mel made them. Maybe I should, maybe I should be more in, involved or let the camera be more involved in like the preparation of the cocktails. Because Mel was a bartender for like 12 years. Really? She, she's fantastic at making drinks. Did you try your drink yet? I never knew that. No, I was waiting for your I, I, I've been I, drinking mine. I'm sorry. Cheers. Cheers. And this is a Mai Tai. Yeah. Oh, that's good. The perfect amount of rum, too. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. So, but I, here's the thing. I. She's a good bartender. She's a good bartender. The... Uh, and you know, Nick and I were talking about this. And by the way, for people listening, uh, Jesse's buried in work. So uh, we asked Nick if he could come and be part of this. So Nick's back here instead of Jesse. And uh, Nick, I think Nick, I think you were one the the one person or main person talking to me about like making these more conversational and less feeling like I needed to stick to a script. And but it's easy when I got. Jack, why you know, I've known for years. I don't I don't have any questions written down. It's just is what it is. And I have no answers prepared. You so have it's perfect. <laughs> I'll bet you do have answers prepared. Really? Well Try yeah. Me. Uh what's your favorite episode? Seven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, isn't that the question you get asked the most? What's your favorite drink? Favorite drink? What's the best place on earth? Yeah. What's the most expensive drink you ever had? What's the worst drink you ever had? How cool really is Zane Lamprey in person? <laughs> uh, it's so amazing because like the way that you uh, stabbed your marshmallow is so amateurish. And you're holding it about two feet off the fire. It's going to take about three hours to toast your marshmallow. I'm a rank amateur at this. I you, told yes, you. You're a rookie. You can take the kid out of Boston. But you can't take the marshmallow out of the fire without... And, you know, we were even talking about the fact that I live... Cue the plane. Well, like Burbank Airport, which is so good for us because when oh, we travel, great, we fly it? out of Burbank. Great. I can get to Burbank in 17 minutes I know. with traffic. It's and it's not even getting there. It's getting in and out. Once I, I took my friend to LAX yesterday morning, and I think going around the horseshoe took longer than driving to LAX. Oh, for sure, it was ridiculous. It's just, it's LAX ridiculous. is the most stressful thing. But I'll see. So you were based. Where were you based out of when you did the show? Here or Arizona? Right here. Yeah. Oh, you were based out of LA when LA, you did the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And so you flew out of uh, LAX. LAX because, as you know, better than anyone probably. A lot of those international flights yeah. just don't leave from Burbank. Yeah. Did you, uh, did they send a car service to pick you up? Uh, I think maybe after they <laughs> realized the first year went okay. I think the first did they year. Fly you, did they fly you business? Not the first year. When I went and shot the pilot for um, Three Sheets, I think before I did that, I think I had to do the contract. And they, oh, oh my oh, God, you're, gonna, oh, you're, oh. you're losing it. You said to put it You're closer. You're losing your mushroom. That looks like a ball sack. That literally looks like an old man's ball sack <laughs> hanging off of a stick. Oh, that's not nice. That is good. Don't. Just nice. let it drop over. Yeah, grab it. You said <laughs> let it drop and now grab How it. How is it Which still out there? It? Just grab it off and eat it. Maybe you like it. Maybe it's different than what you remember. Put it on the graham cracker? Yeah, put it on the graham cracker. What about the chocolate? Put a piece of chocolate on there. Oh, nice. All right. Don't put the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the stick so it's like over the fire. Yeah, so you're not. There you go. In case you decide to have another one. Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> there are a lot of things I'm bad at. I don't, um, I don't, I don't mind admitting that. Right. So anyway, they put in my contract that um, uh, it says it says business class uh, flights on any trip longer than two hours. In the pilot. In the for the pilot. Good for you. So then we moved on to shoot it. I mean. They were kind of nice like that. Who? They being the, the production company. They never... Uh, right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. That's and wonderful. you know what else they did? Can I was... A cheers? Is that what you're looking for? Cheers. Yeah. Um, they... Um, two out of three parts of that is really good. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's two-thirds delicious. It's two-thirds fantastic. Um, the part that you didn't do, by the way, is the one that you enjoy. Um, they, uh, I charged anything I wanted to my room. Holy moly. And, and they never said a thing. And sometimes I'd call home and I got to Russia and when I called on my, on my cell phone, so I would send my cell phone bill and any receipts in and they would just pay it. Never said a word, never said, Hey, whatever. I sent them all my receipts. And then I once had a phone bill in Russia that was $3,500. And I called my phone company and I said, I said, I called and said, if I'm going to Europe, what are the rates? And then and, and they said, yeah, what are the rates in Europe? And they said, uh, you know, uh, 30 cents a minute or something like that. So I just was, you know, calling home, talking to my friends, my mom, whatever. 
And then, um, and then they said, yeah, but you're in Russia. I go, Russia's in Europe. I don't know what you want me to say, you know, whatever. And so they cut the bill in half. But even, so it was still 1750 and I sent it in and they never said a word, but they wouldn't have said a word if it was 3,500, but I still felt guilty. No kidding. And you know another thing that I bet that, now look, I'm jealous that you got to do this show on a big network with big budgets and stuff like that. But the one thing that's interesting about when I did Three Sheets, they, they, they treated me really well. And we went, went off to do a scene. They just rolled camera and said, okay, go. And I would do the whole thing. No one tell me what to do. Nothing like at the end, maybe they'd say, oh, can you ask us one quick question, whatever. But it was all just like. They being who? Did you have a director? The, the director, producer. Yeah, the director, producer. Yeah, Mike yeah. And, and Christina. They just let me do my thing. And, and I was silly. And I just, it was for a small network on a small channel, small production company. No one, it was like, they just didn't, they weren't worried about it. Sure. So. I, I think that you probably had established yourself to and to whatever degree you created it, did you not? No. You didn't create the show? No, but when we did the pilot, I mean, I was bouncing around and like, you know, maybe more from a comedian standpoint, but um, yeah, they just kind of let me loose and there's a lot of bugs, I'm sorry, I don't know what to oh, tell you. Oh, this is fun though, it's on camera. Hey, Nick, can you, um, when you're done with that, can you grab that uh, bug uh, thing like candle all right huh. he's lost um so it was a great experience but i didn't get paid very much i remember in the first season no one liked the rates of the camera guy like the camera guy plus his his rental of his own camera at the end i figured he i did the math and those guys are making more money than me sure <laughs> but you know then it changed but uh, anyway it was it's kind of the upside of doing it we got to do it our way. We were so guerrilla. No permits, you know, nothing like that. I mean, Even how in big foreign countries? No. Wow. We were shooting inside. Um, what, um, what was the size of your crew? That changed over the years. So mm -hmm. uh, year one, right from the get, it was uh, seven people on the road. And then we... Seven Americans? Yes. And then we'd have local help. Wow. PAs and a fixer, of course. Yeah. You know the importance mm -hmm. of a fixer. Take care of bribes. You know, the politicians would come out mm -hmm. with the hand of the cops or not cops, the gangsters or whoever comes around. Wow. Um, just, and, and permits and what have you, just in case someone would have... Depending on the country, sometimes it takes a lot I mean, more. maybe sometimes we did because when we were bringing camera equipment in is when they wanted to, like, well, hitch, we, hitch you up for the fees. And we shit. had to pay $7,500 to get out of some country to leave. They said, if you want to leave, this is what you owe us. Yeah. Might have been. For making a video about, about, it was basically a tourism video for your country. Yeah, well, they didn't care because you're going to do the show anyway. You already did it. And I know. And, and they don't care, but who knows where that money en ends up anyway, right? Sure. Um, so what did the crew end up for you at the end? So uh, five. So we went from seven to five. Oh, wow. So they, they eliminated... I mean, this might be a little too inside baseball, but yeah. they eliminated the sound engineer and the DPs did it right to camera. You didn't have a sound guy? No, not the last year. That's so maybe crazy. Two. Yeah. And the supervising producer, the person, you know, the director, supervising yeah. producer, whatever name you want to give him, uh, wasn't in the field all of season four. So 
So we kind of had that. We had a director. But we had a, a line producer, uh, excuse me, a field producer to take that person's place, which was much more helpful, to be honest. Yeah, we had a director, Mike, who's also like the executive producer. Then when Christina, who was a field producer, camera guy, sound guy. One camera, one sound guy. Wow. We ended up still one camera. That's Isn't that amazing. crazy? But you moved to Travel Channel. So then they... No, 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 no. We finished. So we shot the whole thing in the middle of shooting... Our last season, which I think is, I guess, season four, um, we were set to shoot 20 episodes. At, after episode nine, I get a call from uh, Emilio. He's the, the head of the network. And he's like, I got good news and bad news. I'm like, all right. He's like, good news is Three Sheets, number one original show on our network. It's literally, he goes, we had a focus group. He's like, I probably shouldn't tell you this. We had a focus group. And more people knew about Three Sheets than knew about ne- Mojo, the network that was on. And anyone who did know Mojo, we asked them their favorite show, and every single person said three Kiss seats. to that. Well, you didn't get the other news, but thank you. Well, we'll start with that. <laughs> we'll start with that. And then the bad news we'll drink to. And then we'll just hang out. Is that bee still there? Is this a new bee? I don't want him to end up in the fire. Bro. If he goes back to the hive and say, Zane just flicked me. Zane tried to push me in the fire. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, you try to did save Did you watch him? him? Is he, like, having a bad... Bad day? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he might be drunk. Is that what you said? Wow. That's why Nick's a... Wow. Oh, Nick the comedian wow. coming in with the funny lines. Might be bu- might be drunk, might be buzzed. Um, hive. Okay, what else you got? <laughs> what was I saying? What was I talking about? I forget now. Something fun. The bad part. Mm. The good news is, number one show on the network. Yeah. The bad news is, the network is going off the air in 30 days. No. And I... And, Why? And, Money problems, as always? Um, from what I heard, from what I understood, is that there was only so much bandwidth that a cable could... A cable that feeds your cable box, whatever, could handle. And so, the cable companies, Cox, Time Warner, like those kind of ones, they, um, they could only sustain like seven... HD channels and these guys the the original name of the channel was in HD like that's how new it was it was called in HD what year is this now 2006 wow long time ago long time ago technologically and, speaking. yeah for sure and they um, they said that discovery basically wanted the slot for their high-def channel and this channel couldn't compete if, if Discovery comes over and says we want one of those slots, and then they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take Mojo out because Discovery is willing to pay more or whatever the reason is, or or more people would pay more to get that as a high def channel, whatever it is. So that was it. And then for me at that point, to be honest with you, I was very excited because I knew that a lot of other networks had their eye on Three Sheets, and I knew that Travel Channel and Food Network and those places would love to have Three Sheets. And so nothing happened, and a month went by, and I was like, hey, did you guys sell it? Like, no, we're still having trouble selling it. And then I had a Save Three Sheets rally where um, I did one in L.A. in Beverly Hills at the Century City Mall. There's a place called the Pink Taco, and we met there, and there were 600 people that went around with us holding Save Three Sheets signs, Save Three Sheets T-shirts, whatever. And... um, uh, That's a good turnout. It was amazing. For a, um, and we're we're marching through Beverly Hills by all like the networks, and we went th- <laughs> right through ICM's building, and like you know, like 
the cops are like, what are you guys? And we didn't really have a plan. And then the next morning, woke up, got on a plane, flew to New York City, got into New York at like five, driving into Manhattan. I call Steve McKenna, my buddy. He's at the place we're meeting at this Irish pub. I don't remember what it was called. And I say, it's like, hey, man, are the people here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, how many? And he goes, all of them. That was his response. He's such an idiot. <laughs> and, um, and I get there, and they're at the, some point, someone said they had counted that there was 1,000 people. For and, in New York City, in New York the City, three sheets, right? Really. Save three, three sheets oh. the next day. And so I get to the last place. The, co- the cops come up, and they're like, you can't do what you're doing. Who's, they said, someone says you're in charge. I'm like, I said, I didn't. He's like, you can't have a rally without a permit. And I was like, man, I'm just like, I just told people I'm going from bar to bar and they're showing up. I'm not, you know, I'm, I mean, just I'm wearing safe. Bar crawl. What are you talking about? I Peace, mean, peaceable assembly. Yeah. I, I don't know how I get out of it. He's like, all right, well, whatever. I love the show. I don't know something. And then um, we get to the last, go to three bars. People couldn't even fit. So then we go to this last place, which is a three or four story Irish pub in Manhattan. And we go there and, um, I'm at the top floor and it's packed. You couldn't even move. And my buddy, Jim the cop, comes up to me and he goes, Mark Cuban's downstairs. He wants to buy the show. I'm like, dummy, Mark Cuban's not here. He's like, yeah, he is. I'm like, I will go down all these steps just to show you. And I go downstairs through all the people and whatever. And I get there and I'm like, oh, hey, Mark. And it was Mark Cuban. He's like, hey, man. I'm like, Mark, what are you doing here? He's like, I love Three Sheets. I wanted to support. Like, how cool is that? Wow. Of all the people that could show up at, at your pub crawl. That's a good one. That's. A billionaire who likes TV. That's a good one. Likes your And, and has his own network. And likes your show. And likes your show. That's a good one. So I said, why haven't you bought it? He goes, I've tried, but they're bundling it with four other shows that's things so if i buy three sheets i have to buy these four shows that i don't want and they're asking way too much money for the whole thing if it, if it was just three sheets then you'd already be on my network i was like wow and so i learned about that and then the show ended up all the shows ended up selling to fine living network they flew me in had a big press day got me on conan o'brien the tonight show yeah and then um uh get the same call from him probably five months later shutting down the network it had bought, bought by scripts or something happened and they were turning it into the cooking channel and i was like all right no fit they're like no i'm like okay so then they sold it to spike and then at some point it went on hulu and then it's all my contract had expired so the day it expired the day i uh called mark cuban and i said hey um Let's make a domestic version of Three Sheets Call it Drinking Made Easy. I'll go on tour around the country. I'll do stand-up. We'll shoot. We're on the road. He's like, I love it. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, shit. I was literally like, okay. Like, I I had a pitch. I had written out all these. I had like a, a, a I, not even kidding you, I had a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> to send him, like a PDF. And he's like, okay. He's like, I got my guy out there um, tomorrow. Why don't you go have lunch and you guys can hammer out the details. Okay. And then just go, and then that, and that was it. And we went and did um, three seasons of that. So it was, it was, it was, it was a pretty amazing thing. But it was always, it's been this, it's been this. And where did that air? That aired on uh, HDNet, which turned into. Sorry, I gotta save this beat, bro. You're too close. Is this the same beat? Oh, you can fly. 
This isn't good. <laughs> okay. Do they like the lights? Bees like lights? And fire? I, uh, I, I feel really bad if a bee flew. That's him, huh? Maybe he's lost his way. Oh, Long he's he doesn't go back to the hive. The hive say, is this right guy's there. messing with us. I, I'm going to cut in uh, for the video a shot of the hive. And <laughs> you'll shit your pants. And we got attacked. Yeah. Well, they just don't. It's right behind my head, it's, huh? It is 20 feet behind your head. So I could be engulfed any moment. Not if you just stay calm and, and keep good energy. And what <laughs> What exactly is keep good energy? I don't know, but if I, like, threw a rock at that hive as I was running away, you, you probably would perish. I, Mel said we should probably remove the hive if we're going to continue to have people over. And there's a way that you can do it. A guy comes... And I'll even videotape it. He, he charges like 300 bucks or something. And he like does it in a way that most of the bees survive. And he moves them out to a, a an orange orchard someplace. And That's then they cool. live out their life out there. They yeah. don't. Yeah, there's not enough flowers for them here anyway. So anyway, well, how was how your journey? You know what I like is your audition story. Cause, because I think it's so stupid. It makes me so angry. <laughs> Does That's it, why you like it, because it makes you angry? I, no, I think it's a good story. I don't like it. I want to hear it. I want other people to hear it, but it makes me angry. I think mm. it's ridiculous. Go ahead. <laughs> Here's a mic. Wow, what a, what a setup that is. So, do you, I, agree, do you agree with me? Does it anger you? Just the process of it? Well, I, I think that any audition, uh, the, the odds are so astronomical against you. You just don't know what to do, how to do it, and that's why everybody says they don't know what they're looking for. Trust me. Right. But once they see it, they know. Right. They'll say, ah, that's the one. So you just let go of all that need to control it, I guess. So I don't know. I just went in there and, and had fun. And there's your bee back on the rock. Oh, my God. Whoops. <laughs> Thank you. I probably should. For the record, he flicked him right up my pants. Hey. Oh. Are we assuming this is the same bee? It is the same bee? All right, I'm going to just have Mel. How can like, you identify my... that from 12 feet away? I have not away. taken my eyes off that fucking thing. I hate when they're around me. You're scared of bees? I'm not scared of them. They just, they're assholes. Do you say... Why? That's like not fair. they do it with attitude? Uh... Yeah, they just go get my beard and sting me. It's happened. They've gotten in your beard and stink to sting you? I think they feel trapped and desperate. It's not that thick. It's not like your, your. Uh, Why isn't my wife making a wife phone call? Narrator, she wasn't home. Oh hi. Hi Mel. No, she's not picking up. Oh, she said hey. Oh, oh that was here, the. Here we uh, go. That was the message. Hey. Yes. Um, there's a bee that's flying around us, and uh -huh. I'm a little concerned for its safety. Can you uh -huh. bring some sort of container? to capture the bee and then maybe let him out in the yard, in the backyard? Maybe just bring us a container and hand it to Nick. And then and then maybe bring two containers because there might be two bees. He keeps like trying to kill himself in the fire and I don't want that, it's bad for my show. <laughs> okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> Not that it's bad for the environment because we need as many bees as possible. <laughs> just well, that's, about why, the show. that's why we're excited we have our own beehive. We're, we're happy to have this beehive. Do you have There's, honey? Do you get honey from the bees? 
No. Then why are you excited to have your own beehive? Because because, oh, because it's good for the environment. It's good for the environment. Yeah, sure. And then we have also have a hive in the back. You do? Mm-hmm. Do they compete or are they from the same tribe or whatever it's called? Uh, yeah. Um, are they mad at each other or do they hang up? No, they're the, they're they're the same uh, kind they're, of honey they're cousins. Cousins. <laughs> I don't. You just pulled that out of nowhere. I, don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't cousins. know why I'm supposed to have the answer. All right, not in laws, not just cousins. Um, that's a it's a guest house in the back that they have, right? Is this him? No, is that's a that's a crane fly. Okay, those are fine. They bite. Oh, like a son of a bitch. You know, when I was a kid, I got this horrible thing on the inside of my thigh where it's very sensitive. And I didn't know what it was. I was like seven or eight or something okay. like that. I was at the beach, and I said to my mother. A fly just stung me. How's that possible? She said, it's called a horse fly. Oh. And they don't sting, they bite. Okay. And I said, well, he's a big fly. And I had no idea that horse flies do that. So anytime I find out something bites or stings, that I, I don't know. Crane flies don't bite. Don't they, sting. They I don't. Just, See, I, I don't kidding. even know what a crane fly is. It looks like a giant mosquito, but it's not. Are you... <clears throat> I'm looking you have two jars. Where is it? Hold on a second. Can you capture a lightning bug while you're at it? I really like that. Sure. So Nick has uh, two jars and uh, <laughs> two planes <laughs> to capture it. And he's going to juggle them. Oh, this is so good. This is, <laughs> this is so good. Where is it? Um, oh, he's gone now. No, he was right over here. Well, we'll see if it comes back. I feel you, though. He really was getting dangerously close to the fire. Yeah. Like you would think instinctively, right? They if he, know if he not to. he falls on that rock right there, like, I'm not, I can't reach in and save him. I mean, I'd have to figure out what to do. It would be burned. Yeah. He's trying to dive it on there. Like a samurai or something. I mean, it kind of felt like what was happening. So, anyway. All right. Maybe they've kicked him out of the hive. Oh. And he has such shame. Yeah. He has to do the right thing to commit Harry Carey. No? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's gone back there four times after you try to save him. You want to give me one and you keep one? Yeah. Are you are you kind of you kind of don't want the responsibility of it if it no, comes back? I can by? handle it. Okay. I can handle it. Okay. I'm just right. saying I was watching it the whole time. He would. He okay. would be more than lightly toasted. He would be burnt to a crisp. And I would like eat that. it. And you you'd eat it? Yeah. You all ever, right. You never eat. All right. We'll get to the weird. I'm gonna get to the weird food stuff in a sure. second. Sure. All right. So your audition. Mm. So I get a call. Hey, they're auditioning uh, for this show. And they won't say what it is, but it's a maybe a reality show. Okay. I said, okay, uh, but what are the dates? Because they're leaving the country. So that intrigued me. I love okay. to travel. Yeah. And uh, I was doing a film. So the dates were, and I just remember them, stuck in my brain. Um uh, my film was going to February 13th. Oh, got it. They had to leave the country February 8th. So if you count both of those days, that's six production days yeah. that I'd miss from the film. Yeah. And I already told the guy I'd do his movie. That was a low-budget movie, never went anywhere. I had the co-lead, but I was 17 out of 18 days on this movie, and okay. I didn't want to pull out yeah. on him. So uh, I wasn't even going to go on the audition. And then a friend of mine, Renee Taylor, you know her, Renee Taylor. She was the mother on The Nanny. Oh, yeah, sure. I've done a ton of stuff. Yeah. She said, uh, why don't you go anyway? And I thought, that's a good idea. I'll practice. So I go to this audition, and I'm loose because I know it doesn't matter. Not only am I not going to get this thing. So for people who don't understand what he means, what he's getting at is that he didn't really care. 
it's great to walk into an audition and not care because that comes off as because it is competence and when you go off an audition that's the first thing that people are looking for yeah and you know it's it's i don't want to get at the semantics certainly because you, you that that's a good point and it's but it's not, it's not that i didn't care i wasn't nervous right because the stakes were so low that's, i you couldn't didn't, do it anyway you didn't need it yeah I right was, exactly i was kind of hoping that i wouldn't get it right because then the conundrum right yeah. the dilemma so i would just practice my auditioning and have fun and wouldn't you know i end up getting it but you know they're throwing all these things at you and we had to sign not one but two NDAs, whatever that means. Okay. I, don't, I don't know why. In in the audition? Yeah, uh, non-disclosure yeah, agreement it, in the audition. That's that, that, what the, like, why? And, and here's the thing. There's no sides, which is a partial script where you, hi, my name is Jack like Maxwell. Like, they're so my secretive. My name is Zane Lamprey. Welcome to yeah. whatever. And, oh, I know what it is. It's called Three Sheets. Three Sheets to the Wind. Oh it's a drinking God. reference. A so crap. this must be a drinking show. It wasn't that, right? Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, but they were, I guess they hadn't done on, you know, a lot of television or whatever. So they they were taking precautions and being careful and trying to be uh, good with their show idea that they had. But, you know, it had been done many times by you and other people. So it's it wasn't such, Who else? such crazy. Uh, the Thirsty Traveler, yeah. I guess, did some of that. And yeah, he I don't did. know he, who he else. did. He did. Uh, Johnny Appleseed, but he didn't really, uh, he, you know, he, with those... Uh, Applejack, he made Applejack. Oh shit! Oh, see, Sorry, the marshmallow. Oh, he criticized me. You're, you're <laughs> you didn't even drippy. burn yours. You're getting drippy. You didn't I didn't yours. burn it. I'm gonna make another one. That wasn't half bad. <laughs> oh my god, we got a convert. Maybe. Uh, so anyway, so uh, they started saying things like, uh, "Would you? Is there anything you wouldn't do?" I said, "Like what? Uh, concerning animals." Uh, would you not eat any any animal on earth uh -huh. or whatever? And uh, I said, well, I mean, you talk about cooked, or I just go in the jungle and eat it raw? What are the parameters? And I had just heard a story about this, this restaurant in China. Oh, God. Where they put a monkey in in the middle of a yeah. table and close... Like I think that's like an urban myth, but I don't... No, I, I've seen it on camera. I think it was fake. Yeah, oh, was it fake? I, I, okay, it, was, it was from see. Faces of Death. Right, faces. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to imagine that that's not a real thing. I hope it's not yeah. real. <laughs> I hope it's not real. I hope it was fake. But I said, yeah, I wouldn't bash a monkey's head in to eat his brains. Yeah. And they said, okay. Uh, what they did about that in Indiana Jones. You did. They weren't alive, but they did. They ate monkey brains. Oh, monkey brains! <laughs> right, that's a good impression. Thanks. I had sheep brains, but it was you know long dead yeah. out, of, out of the fridge. But yeah. you know, because that's not wrong. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're not as cute. Yeah, they're certainly not. But still, sheep's, you know, sheep's kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, it's not like I it's, was being sarcastic. not like it's a cobra. There's all this thing, like, why, why, why is it okay to eat one thing and not another? But that's a, right. different, that's a different path. Well, sustainability and all that. But So they said, is there anything you wouldn't drink? And I said, no. And they said, would you eat Rocky Mountain oysters? Which we all know are bull's testicles. Mm -hmm. You never say no. Oh, can you swing that microphone? Yeah, there oh, you go. Sorry, you say yes and right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So yes, yeah, sure, whatever. Okay, you would. You'd eat Rocky Mountain oysters. Sure, of course I would. I was just hoping they wouldn't break out a plate of them. Aha! We've just warmed them up in the microwave. Yeah, but you would have done it. Of course I would have, but I was. I didn't. Wouldn't have liked it. Uh huh. I'm doing okay with this marshmallow. I'm not melting it. Uh, so how? How? By the way, just to get back to the s'mores part of the lightly toasted. 
How how much do you cook it till it turns black like yours? No, no. You want it just to be like lightly brown around the whole thing, and then it's perfection. So I let it melt, so it was too far away last time. No, you did a pretty good job. Thank you. Did it you did look like that? it looked like a ball sack. Nick, bar. Did you hear him say you did a good job? It's on camera. My it's, very first. Oh, it's, see? it's on. It's on record. It's it's starting to get a little melty, little melty. So uh, they said, "Oh, you would eat Rocky Mountain oysters, huh?" Uh, sure. Would you drink them in vodka? Well, okay. I don't know where this is going. Yeah, it's getting very specific. Isn't it easier to drink them in vodka as opposed to just eating them without? I could, you know, just drop them in a glass of vodka. I'd drink anything, right? I'd eat anything in vodka or whatever. So they said, okay, quick. You know, because they want to put pressure on you. Quick, what would you call that? I said, I don't know. Sounds like a highball. Well, and they said, wait a minute. Is that how you would do the show with a sense of humor? Because we were thinking more like uh, we wanted a Bourdain. And uh, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. They I said s- that? Wow, that's oh, I a said premonition. He wasn't dead yet, but no, I said. <laughs> you said that addition? Wow. <laughs> I'm okay. saying it now, see? Jumping back and forth through the yeah. time continuum or whatever it's called. All right, my second s'mores ever. Or You're really supposed to put a top on it. I like an open face sandwich. How do you, you know? Mind. You've never had it before, Jack Maxwell. All right, you're right. Jesus. Top. More grim, less marshmallow is probably good. So yeah. You're right. Just less messy. Mm. It seems messier. Nice sandwich because I squeezed it. You start by saying you don't like s'mores, and now you're holding up this great story with your s'more. Ah. Uh, play back the tape. I didn't say I don't like s'mores. I said I hate marshmallows. Oh uh, well. I hate s'mores. I always have. Chocolate? Yes. Okay. Graham crackers? Yes. Okay. I used to cover them with butter when I was a kid and eat, eat like half a box. Now, was the audition process longer than the story to tell it? <laughs> um, how could it be? <laughs> We've been here seven days now. The sun's come up and gone down. What a jerk We've I been am. here a whole why week. Are you, why are you my friend? I'll keep you friends with this guy. It's your show. You can say what you want. <laughs> As long as we look good, as long as you you look good, Stop right? Stop looking then? at Nick. Why are you looking at Nick? He's just a fly on the wall. He's you wearing a black why? shirt because he's production. He's a production guy. Because he understands to face the 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 cutting wrath of Zane Lamprey, the wit. I never make fun of Nick. Never. Oh, he's giving me the googly eyes like I do, but don't say anything. <laughs> Here's another bite. Like who are you keeping that secret from me? I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> But I got your back. I didn't ask Nick for confirmation. No. Nick's got a great sense of humor. So they were kind of looking for Bourdain. Yeah. Because everyone was. Yeah. And I said, I couldn't do the show like Anthony Bourdain. And he wouldn't want to do it how I would do this show. I mean, he's great. He's an author, a chef, and world traveler. You ever meet him? A writer. Never did. He's kind of a dick. Was he? Well, uh, the way I met him, he was a dick. And then he turned out to be very nice. So I kind of take it back. I don't really take it back. I don't want to stop your audition story to make it any longer, but I, I'll, I'll tell you my <laughs> Bourdain story after if you want to hear it. No, let's hear it now. <laughs> I want to set the record for stories about auditions. I was doing a show. I was doing three se- three sheets. Well, I was still on the air, and the network was still on the air. And 
the production company, it's called Screaming Flea, they called me up and said, Food Network said they want to make a show like Three Sheets, but for food. A sense of humor, some cool graphics, a reverence, just like something that's just fun, a little edgy. And I was like, okay. And they're like, and obviously they want you. And they want us to produce it. They want you to host it. I'm like, that's amazing. And so... Was this during No Reservations or Parts Unknown? So what was the one that he was on? It must have been No Reservations because he was on the Food Network. And he had just left. So they're filling his spot. I'm not... I didn't fill his shoes. I think it was Travel Channel he was on. Maybe. No? No, it was Food Network. Okay. And I stand corrected. Well, yeah, I'll tell you why. And so so he, he left... And a not great way, I, I think. I don't remember the details of that. And then he, um, <clears throat> I, my show goes in his old time slot. And, uh, and I didn't even know that. And, and I'm by all means not even thinking about him as I'm doing the show, I'm doing my own thing or whatever. I, to be honest with you, I hadn't really seen his show before that. And, uh, you know, maybe one or two. But then, um, this article, so I do the show, and it, and and we're still shooting, but some of the episodes come out, and the person at Food Network that loved Three Sheets and was championing me, who was the head of programming, left or got fired, and they brought a new young young person in, and this person started like cutting things and cutting things down, whatever, and saw a take of my show called Half Fork Will Travel, and um said it's it's he's 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 being too funny cut out any joke that's not about the food and i was like yeah. as like such a strange like criteria to have the guy wasn't really into it but when it launched it got great um reviews like all the places tv guide and us weekly all like the channels that were rating it gave it great reviews um and then Bourdain was asked about it, and he said, oh, he goes, that show where the guy just makes fun of people and um, doesn't know anything about food, it's unwatchable. And I saw that, and I, I remember when I saw that, someone sent it to me, it was, I was reading the digital, like it was a Chicago Tribune or something like that, a Chicago paper, and my heart just sank. I felt sure. like I like I wanted to throw up. Like, yeah. wow, somebody who's led the charge and I thought was great, and you know, I wasn't a, wasn't a huge fan of him. I hadn't seen a lot of his stuff, but I was still knew that he was the guy and respected that fact. And here he is taking a crap on me. I'm like, wow. So I, when I had seen this, I was in Hawaii shooting my show, and. Uh, I had found out because we were on the big island that he was also there shooting his show, whatever his show was at the time. And I was like, "Where I want to confront him. And my crew had heard of, they knew where he was. I don't know why or how, but they knew where he was. And I wanted to go and confront him and they wouldn't tell me where he was, which I respect. I was pretty upset. And... Um, and then, so I reached out to him on Twitter and I was like, I just sent him a direct message. And I said, you know, I just saw this article. Why would you say that? Like, you of all people know 
that and then 140 characters <laughs> new message you know like you had to cha- you know you had to keep those short messages sure. so I said multiple messages like you know that it's really up to the editor what they use I know what he's talking about I know a sp- I know specifically the scene he's talking about because at that point he could have only seen one episode it was the Marseille episode in the south of France in Provence and went in and there was this couple and they they had a, a farmhouse um, these two guys and they had this beautiful beautiful farmhouse and they taught people how to cook and um, and so we went there at like three and we ended up leaving there at one in the morning we, we were getting along so well we were making fun of each other we were completely joking around and and the guy's like oh just put a little uh, like a tonton like a like a tonton i go is it a tonton or is it a tonton and like i think that was what made the show and it's maybe it's i somehow sounded like a jerk for saying that cuz not knowing that we were friends at this point sure i mean they invited me to come back and you know and 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 like stay there whatever and then i went to um that was in provence went south to marseille marseille and um went to a fish place and the guy made um uh, um What's it called? The fish soup, bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse. Yeah, which is like a fish reduction, where they add fish and do another reduction, so it becomes very heavy. And I didn't know that, so I was learning, and and that was the whole point of what I thought was the authenticity of three sheets is that I didn't prepare. I would love to prepare. I love to prepare. I love to do research. I I'm really good at holding in, like new pieces of information and then you know um using those in a conversation like i can really do a good job preparing but but i thought that the authenticity of three sheets was the fact that i went in there and right as i was about to do the scene they go by the way it's a family they make a wine called Bermet, and and it and it's it's pretty much a, a christmas wine and they're really well known for it great go that's all they would give me right before the scene so I, I didn't research again it was it was intentional so when I did the same thing with Food Network I didn't want to go in there prepared so I could learn at the same pace as the viewer so the questions that I was asking were authentic questions I could have of course I could have read three articles on bouillabaisse and known more about bouillabaisse than the guy who's teaching me from a factual standpoint and what you're presenting to the network but I didn't want to know that and so when he said it's this 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 I go so it's so what you're telling me is it's a fishy 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 stew and 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 Bourdain even said that he goes yeah he goes he called he called bouillabaisse a fishy fishy steward whatever I said about it and so anyway he got back to me and he's like I forget something along the like he's like look you're not a chef so I don't think that's a show you should be doing. He goes, but Three Sheets is one of my favorite shows. I'm like, why, why would you just start with that? You know what I mean? Like, say something in the context of that. But I, I think he was trying to take a you know uh, a jab at Food Network, but ended up taking a jab at me. I don't think that had anything to do with it getting canceled, not going another season. I think that was more the person that came in to take over the um, you know the role of then peeing on everything to make everything their own you know what I mean like putting their brand on everything of course so. happens all the time um, so you're in this audition yes <laughs> and I said I couldn't do it like like him um, but I think a guy going around the world having a couple of drinks because it feels like this is a drink show you're asking yeah. me yeah 
a guy going around the world have a couple of drinks, had a couple of laughs. I think it should be fun. I think it should be a celebration of people. Yeah. You know, a celebration of culture and people and places through the lens of a cocktail glass. And they said, oh, okay, well, let's do it like that. And so I had this, this long audition. Mm-hmm. I left the room. The next guy up is looking at his watch like, dude, why were you in there so long? How long were you in because there for? Because 45 minutes. <laughs> because you're never in there that long, yeah. right? Yeah, no. I got a call back because this is when they winnow it down to just a handful or whatever the number is. A couple hundred. That who was knows? the beat. Was it? Mm-hmm. He just hit me. Uh, yeah, I saw. Flew right into me. And so I go on the call back the next day, and then it's, oh, wow. it's down to seven of us. Oh, my God. And they say, uh, you know, they, they don't know what to do. They say, uh, again, it's the pressure test again, the pressure cooker. They'll ask, they were asking us something about something like, um, so what, what did you like to play as a little kid? What was your favorite sport? Just something where. Yeah, this is, it, a, this is, this is where it starts to aggravate me. It was too me. odd of a setup. So I knew it wasn't about that, right? And uh, I said, well, I like to play street hockey. And, uh, you know, I had my co-host stick and I pretended I was Bobby Orr and, you know, we used cones for... And then right in the middle of my story, boom, tell us a dirty joke. You have two seconds to start. If you don't, you have to leave, go. And for the people who said, uh, but, uh, what, uh, they would make them leave. So I, I went into this really dirty, filthy joke and they liked it and they said... Um, oh, they laughed, I guess, is the best way to say it. So then it came down to seven of us. And they sent everybody home except for me. And they said, all right, go home. We'll call your agents. Jack, I'd like to talk to you. You haven't had international immunizations in a while. Can we talk to you about that? So they bring me in to the room. And everyone's standing there looking very official and their arms crossed and all of that. And I sat down in the, in the chair like I was going to be interrogated. Mm-hmm. And I said, this isn't about immunizations. And they said, congratulations, you got it. We've never, you know, we don't know how to do this. Um, we sent everybody home, but you're the guy. I said, great, I can't do it. It looked like the three monkeys saying the, the hand on yeah. the eyes, the mouth, the... What? What? What, what, what do you mean you, you can't do it? I said, well, I'm doing a movie. They said, well, what are you doing coming on an audition? You can't... You know, because, again, they had to leave the country February 8th. I said, are you kidding me? I do these all the time. I never get them. I just came for the practice. Uh, long story monotonous, which is impossible at this point, right? <laughs> to, to make it shorter, so it has to be monotonous. Um, they moved some things around. And instead of going to India, we went to Nepal, and we put that at the front of the show. Uh. So right at the last day, I filmed uh, my movie. And they were trying to get the producer to cut days and all of that, but he wouldn't. Wow. But they did make arrangements on the film because I didn't quit the movie, and they knew that because I had this show coming up. That nobody had, by the way. It's just being independently produced. I had to fly out to Hawaii. So they made an agreement that if I showed up on the set... Did give me a ride to LAX. And we were shooting way up in the hill somewhere, about an hour, hour and a half drive. And they forgot to make arrangements. The executive producer was there the first day and the last day. And he stands up and goes, guys, you said you'd do this for Jack. Fine, Jack, listen, I'll, I'll take you. Because this was at lunch. Soon as you wrap, Jack, I'll take you. That was John Densmore, drummer for The Doors. He was the executive producer. Mm-hmm. So all the way to LAX, he's telling me these great Doors stories 
uh, you know, Jim Morrison and Robbie and all of this, um, Ray Manzari, all of these great things, some known, some unknown. And it was fascinating. We get to LAX and there's a place called Encounters, yeah. that big Jetsons-like bar on mm -hmm. the top, that big structure. And he says, how about having a drink? I said, oh, man, I'd love to. But my flight leaves in 50 minutes, 5-0. So I thought, drinks with John Densmore? Yeah. Or go off to do this pilot, and who knows what happens with that. Yeah. So I said, rain check, John, please. I fly to Hawaii. I get in late. I wake up in three hours with three hours sleep, and we do this pilot that, that was called Drinks Around the World at the time by very two creative people. Uh, Maria and Deborah came up with this idea, and this is what we do, and we had a producer in the field or, or two. And uh, then while we were filming it, uh, you know, they said, okay, what if we do this? Like they, they, they weren't sure about the concept exactly. And then we settled on, well, you're going to get all these drinks from around the world and bring them, up, bring them back to your bar in South Boston mm -hmm. and open a bar or something like that. Yeah. And to their credit, they were trying different things, see what worked, what didn't. Uh, and uh, after we got done filming, they said, you seem like a clever chap. Can you come up with a different name for it? Because drinks around the world, uh, it's not really catchy. So I was with my mom, who was very creative. I was visiting her in Phoenix. And I said, Mom, i got to come up with this name. Let's bounce some things back and forth. So we were. We were just bouncing them, just like that. And uh, she came up with Jack on the Rocks. I said, great name, but sounds like I'm down and out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little too promo heavy mm -hmm. for Jack Daniels. Uh. And it's a little egotistical to put my name in the title. Nobody knows me. But thanks, Mom. Yeah. I, I like yeah. where you're going yeah. with this. Yeah. And somehow it hit me after X amount of minutes or an hour. I forget the time now. I said, booze traveler. That, because they said, can you come up with a name that means drinking around the world? So it hit me. And they said, we love it. They sent it to the network. They tested it. That was always the winner, no matter what other name they put in. So I was told, anyway, booze traveler was the name. So they were going to live with that. And then, of course, there's, you know, Blues Traveler, and someone had the website Booze Traveler or Booze Travelers. They were bartenders who'd come to your house and all of that. But I guess they cleared up the legalities. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we went to production. April 2014, we flew out to Turkey. And that started four seasons. First year, they, they lit up six shows. And while we were still in pre-pro, pre-production, they moved it to eight. Soon as we took off, and they got the uh, what used to be called dailies, mm -hmm. right? They got the yeah. Some of the, they they said, "Oh, let's do 13. We like what we're seeing." And then halfway through, they said, "Would you mind doing two more at the end? But we'll make them domestic, so you don't have to, you know, go out of the country." So we did Tennessee and Louisiana. Mm, that's so, so I did 15 one hours the first year, 16 one hours years two, three, and four. But year four, or between three and four. I did 10 half hours of Booze Traveler Best Bars, and then at the end of years two, three, and four, I did the uh, the one-hour show called The Trip, where they give away a big vacation, and I was the male host uh, for that. So I was really busy, and uh, then I got cancer. End of story. Thank you. By the way, he didn't say canceled. He said cancer. Cancer. But... Did you and, uh, and canceled? After, I was gonna say right after chemo. Yeah, it was how about cancer, this? chemo, cancer. How about this? They canceled me, and then I got cancer. So, th so then I got cancer. Well, that would have been it, bad. It's no, for them. No, so then they okay. Well, well, we'll, we'll give you another year then. Sorry. Well, you know, I got I got to say they were very supportive. 
because I told them halfway through the run, I discovered I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I told the production company, and they were great about it. I told Travel Channel, I thought I had a moral obligation to do so, of I, course. I, I, so I wouldn't have, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have unless I felt like I needed to drink less and people needed to have my back. Is that kind of? Because you, you, you don't have a moral obligation. I'm just, well, I don't think so. Well, they're spending millions of dollars on this show every year. And if, if, um, you know, if they're buying a, forgive the expression, a thoroughbred who's gimp, you know, one bad knee, he, they should know that. Like if I'm going to just pass out in the middle of a scene halfway around the world and can't do the rest of the year. How many shows did you have left once you found out you had it? Uh... I was through two seasons. Oh. About to start seasons three and four. Wow. So I was halfway through the run, which I didn't know was a four-year run at the time. I don't think anybody did. So how did that work? Did you you have to go get treatment and stop, or did you? No, what I did was they... uh, What's the treatment for that? I don't know. uh, In this particular case, because where it was, which is my abdomen, it was chemo. Um, But... I said... If you didn't lose that beautiful hair of yours. You know, they said I was going to and it was going to come back white because I'm old. And uh, I didn't lose any. And they thought, how are you not losing your hair? Yeah. You're the professionals. What do you mean? Yeah. What am I doing? Some magic mojo hey, no, look trick at, look from at this. the no, no one's touching that hair. It's a beautiful head of hair right And there. they said, you're going to get sick. So I bought an adjustable bed because I believed them. Uh-huh. I believe in medical and science. You know, medicine yeah. and science. And... Uh, because I don't want to get sick and die choking on my vomit. Who am I, Jimi Hendrix? So I said, okay, I'll get an adjustable bed. I never got sick, never lost my hair. Never felt sick? Uh, not, not, or never vomited? Never, never vomited, yeah. But, but, but felt like crap? Uh, I got to say, if I didn't know I had cancer, I wouldn't know I had cancer. Wow. Because it was a real easy run, and I started feeling guilty. Survivor's remorse, they call it, yeah. that... That I I really didn't get sick. If there were some symptoms, I couldn't feel the ends of my fingers. I couldn't pick up coins and keys all that easily. I had some stomach issues about what I ate and yeah. wicked cravings. Um, but you were still drinking, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I'm sure you were told not to drink. No, no, drinking moderately. Yeah. Which is what I did on the show. It's never about getting shit faced. Yeah. Oh, that's Actually, the, that's where we're different. Lowers the numbers. Yeah. So does it's, sunshine. It, so sunshine and alcohol. Lower the numbers. Are meaning it's meaning the numbers meaning it's Yeah, the, the, the cancer markers. Okay, got it. It doesn't it doesn't hurt, it slightly helps. And the first two scans I had, um, I really focused on being I don't know, I don't want to say cliche like Zen and peaceful and yeah. all that. But I, I changed my mentality more so than my diet and exercise and all of that. Uh, I just wanted to really center myself and really be in touch with what I was feeling constantly all the time as opposed to running off and doing something. And the numbers went down the first two times. And the doctor said, if you put your mind to it, sometimes that happens. So they didn't want to do a treatment if it was going to keep going down. But they found it when it was pretty advanced. So they said, we have to keep an eye on it. Because if you have an attack and you're far far from a hospital, you're probably going to die. So I said, well, I'd rather have my life than a TV show. So let's keep me posted on that. And... The next year, uh, the numbers started creeping How often up. did you get chemo? When I started, yeah. every three weeks, and I did five or six treatments. I think we did an extra one, so it might have been six. Yeah, you and I, 
have been friends while you're because you and I have been like talking while you're while you're getting a treatment. Oh so, yeah, because you've gotten him. You've continued to get. I mean, not anymore, right? Well, here's what happened. They knocked it down. See, your your lymph node should be about a centimeter, and they'll accept it up to two because of different things your body's going through. Maybe mine had grown to ten and a half. And they said, we got to do something. Wow. They knocked it down to maybe two and a half-ish. Okay. And they said, we don't want to give you any more chemo. It's bad. But here's what we can do. And we suggest you do maintenance chemo. Half as long, half as strong, but you have to do it for two years. So I said, okay, uh, that means staying in Arizona where I was doing the treatment. And uh, But again, I want to be as healthy as I can be. And the show was canceled at that point. So mm -hmm. I figured... Uh, they pulled the show in the middle of uh, right when I got out of a, a one of my five or six cancer uh, chemo treatments, and that's okay because they were they were moving in a different direction uh, programming wise. It wasn't because I was travel. Sick. Yeah, yeah, because you weren't a show about ghosts. Well, that's what it, I'm into a different kind of spirits myself. Mm -hmm. So wow, there you go. See, even yeah. even with cancer, I can be not funny. They so, dropped the their vowels. And now they're the turbo. TRVL, yeah. They're the turbo channel, and they're and they're turbo. Do you do you still air? Uh, I don't know where. A couple of people say they watch. You know, it's funny. Just today, I got a message from Brazil, and they're on season four of first run shows, encore That's presentation. Awesome. That's strange. You know what? Um, I I had a guy reach out to me and said that he is the Spanish. I think he's a. Spanish or French? I think it was Spanish. I th actually, maybe it was Portuguese or something. He says he does, whenever m one of my shows goes there, he does it. So I did a, a Nat Geo show. <laughs> this is amazing. I did a National Geographic Channel show called Chug. Showdown of the Unbeatables. Oh, oops, sorry. And they, what did you think it was? Chug. That was oh. On, that was on Nat Geo. That was on Nat Geo. Okay, so I started doing, I was pitching Travel Channel, a show called Chug which was traveling around the world and then getting on a train at some point in the show. That's why it was called Chuck. That's cool. It's cool. I like your name better. And then and then we uh um we they they this woman we pitched, she said no. She didn't even run it up the flagpole. So we never even That's got That's our show too. She said no first. Didn't even run up the flagpole. They had to do an end around, but I, go ahead. Oh, I'll okay. Tell you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I mean so yeah, I forget her name. I want to. Ellen or something like that. Something along that I was like. Do you remember the girl's name? Do you remember? I don't have to say you don't have to say it. You'll tell me later. You remember. Okay, I got it. Let's see. I wonder if it's the same person. And so she said no, and then we couldn't get it picked up. So then my mom said, Why don't you do a, a Kickstarter like Veronica Mars? And I said, Mom, I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> what are you talking about? And she's like, Yeah, Veronica Mars just did a Kickstarter, Kickstarter show. I'm like, how do you even know that? So right. I talked to you. Have a cool mom. I know. And then so I talked to some of my, the guys in my and my who I employ because um, they were all there from Drinking It Easy, and I'm trying to keep them employed. So I'm trying to get another another show picked up. Sure. So I said, let's do a Kickstarter. And Josh was like, I said that to you like a month ago. I'm like, I don't remember. And so we uh, kickstarted it. It's a longer story, but we. Uh, we weren't raising the money. We were trying to raise $500,000 to make six episodes. As you know, that's for a travel show, that's on the that's on the low side for sure. Absolutely on the low side. Um, you know, you probably want, especially nowadays, but even back then, you wanted 150 to 250 to like really be able to do the show. Pre-production, production, post-production, post -production, employee, all that kind of stuff. Overhead, whatever. And so 
it was like we had three days left on our Kickstarter, and we were like at two hundred thousand dollars. I was like, guys, it's not gonna happen. And I was just like down in the dumps, and I said, why don't we set a world record for the long, world's longest live podcast? And we did it, and we started at like nine in the morning, and then went until. 11 the next morning, something like that, or 10 the next morning. It was like 26 hours, I think it was. Wow. And that was on the last day. And while we were recording, just, I never knew Kickstarters. That last two days, it's when everyone is like, they're like, oh, shoot, I forgot to do it. When you go and there's two weeks left, people are like, I'll come back. Yeah, sure. But when there's no time left, everyone came. It's we, like the telethon that Jerry Lewis used to have. Uh -huh. Nobody does it at the beginning. Right. Because they want to see Timpani when it goes to a million or two million. Nobody calls in the first hour. Right, right. We, are, we have $47 for who yeah. wants to be part of that? Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, the early adopters, and then you had the, the Johnny Come Latelys. And so we did the podcast, and uh, Bert, our friend Bert Kreischer, came in as a guest. He was so excited about what, he, um, what we were doing. He came back, I think, at 4 in the morning and brought coffee for us. It was How cool. It was a pretty amazing thing. And... Um, and so we ended up making it, and I think we raised like 580 or something like that, made the show, didn't realize how much we were spending on sending everyone their T-shirts and their medallions and their DVDs, and oh my God, that was like 60 grand right there. Wow. But we made the show, and as we were editing it and getting it out to our people, um, uh, Booze Travelers announced, and I was like, oh. God, that son of hitting my stomach. Just like they said, no. They said they weren't buying drinking shows. Now they bought a drinking show. What? 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 What the hell? They told us the same thing. Yeah, and so I, so I was just Not like us. I was only the host. So then I I go back on and I shoot my the last. <laughs> I go back and I shoot the last three of my episodes. And I come back into town. I get a call from my agent. Is it Nat Geo? wants you to go, come in the audition for this show called Shutdown the Unbeatables. I'm like, all right. I just landed. I was in Fiji. I just shot three episodes. I'm feeling good. I feel like our show's going to be amazing. My confidence is running high. I don't care about this show because I know that what we shot is going to get picked up by somebody, you know, some network. Go in, go in. I'm being silly, having fun, respectful, but funny, whatever. And I knew in the room that I got it. They call me. They they got it. I went and I think I was started shooting three days later. Uh, Brian Unger was my, my co-host now, one of my really good friends. He was on Showdown. Of, of, he was on um, sorry, How the States Got Their Shapes and The Daily Show. He's on Always Sunny. He's a doctor in um, Yellowstone. Anyway, he's been on my podcast. If people want to listen, they can go back in time. Um, but um, the uh, we're sitting there, and all the I mean, they, they spent so much money. We had our own trailers. You know what I mean? Like, wow. When we, and it was in lo on location. I didn't have that. I know. It was on location in um, in parts of L.A. And so you go out there to some, like, quarry, and there's two trailers for me and Brian, another one for the production, um, all these PAs and all this kind of stuff. It was this huge budget. And the network people were there. And we're sitting in the uh, the trailer, one, one of the trailers, talking, having lunch, and, like, like the head of the networker, I don't know, no, not the head, but head of programming or something like that was there. I was like, can I show you the show that I did called Chug? He's like, what? Yeah, what is it? I go, oh, I travel around the world drinking. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. And he saw it and he loved it. And I was like, holy shit. So 
while I was on Showdown and the Unbeatables, which they shot, they thought was going to be the next Mythbusters, it was going to take off. So they bought Chug, and then Chug aired on Nat Geo for a year. Uh, didn't make any new episodes, and then it went after that. It went to Netflix. What happened to the other show? Uh, the, Drinking Showdown. Made Easy was before that. No, so Showdown. Dr- what happened? Showdown. Um, it, it it was it was it kind of got the the intellectual rights from a Japanese show which was a panel of three like celebrities I think and then there was two technologies they would pit against each other and they tried to come up with a with the challenge that would be equal even though they're different products so one was um this unbreakable safe called the brown safe and the other product was this um like a uh, crane, you know, what do you call those things? Like a, with a, with an arm, big, you know, whatever. Um, the, crane. Just, just a giant one with a jackhammer on it. <laughs> like a, like a, like an eight foot jackhammer. Yeah. And they go, you got, you got 30 seconds or 60 seconds to break into that safe. And so I was with the, the immovable object and the irresistible yeah, force. Right? Exactly. So, so everything was like that. One was, uh, this, thing is called a, a tree shaker and it goes up to an almond tree grabs it it's like a robot and it goes and violently shakes the tree and all the almonds fall off brilliant and so they it was that and then they had this table with this really sticky substance i, I, I think it's to put it on your dashboard to put your phone on or something yeah, like that yeah. and so they covered the table in this substance so the comp that company was there representing that and then the tree shaker company was there with brand new products and all shiny and it was all very big budget and then they put it on a table and put these objects on it, like porcelain dolls and all these kind of things. And then it vibrates. And then Brian and I sit back and and then we kind of in our, you know, cool. make an announcement. That sounds cool. How long did it go? It went one season, maybe 12 episodes. And um, ultimately, there were no stakes. Mm. Because Brian and I just went and we were the host for the other, you know, we had a team. Sure. Then we came together, but there's no stakes, and there's no stakes for anybody. And I think that the 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 one the Japanese version I think was a little bit more fun and engaging because it all happened right in front of the audience and the people. Whoever loses has to commit Harry Carey. Yeah, exactly. That, now those are stakes. Now, see, those are stakes. And and so it didn't go. We were waiting to see how the the the, the numbers. You know, we had a big party and all this kind of stuff. Actually, no. They had a big party for Chug when the, when Chug aired. I think maybe that was before Showdown. But anyway, um, they had just bought a, sh- uh, a food show. And they like, oh, pair it with a drinking show. This is amazing. This is our new path. And they put a lot of money in, a lot of promotion. It was, it was, it, they were, they were, they were fantastic uh, network to work for. And um, ultimately didn't go. And then we find out that we are like, our numbers are massive in Germany. Choke? Yeah, no. The, oh, the showdown other. of the Unbeatables. No kidding. And to the point where like, they're like, um, like almost like maybe we do it again so that we can, the Germany because the numbers weren't that bad and then I was like nah whatever. They, so maybe they're making it in German now. No kidding. It's a really it's weird thing. It's funny how that works, right? Yeah. Like Jerry Lewis was huge in France, right? And David Hasselhoff was massive in Germany. Right. He was actually, um, doing his first premiere of like a concert. And he had a, show, had a song called I Am the Night Rider. And, I had um, no idea that was true. That's I've the, never a heard song? the song? Really? And it was all you set to most premiere. people know that? No, I don't know. But here's what happened. The night that it was going to premiere, 
was the night of the OJ chase. No kidding. And so it was usurped by um, another program. So it never aired, and that was going to be like a big thing for him. And I was like, kind of, it was kind of be. He was huge in Germany. He goes to Germany and, and does like concerts where he sings. Good for him. It's amazing. Wherever, you know, hey, wherever you can make a living or impact people, fans of fans. Yeah. You know, like this person reaching out from Brazil. We love you here. Great. I mean, I'm okay with that. I don't speak Portuguese. We'll probably never meet, but I appreciate you liking my show. You know, and that's the thing. They were asking me. Uh, because you know, I want—I I like to mention this because people say, "How did you come up?" And I'm sure you got this a million times, yeah. right, Zane? How did you come up with how you were gonna do the show? Like, what was the character you created? Because having an acting background, I had to forget all of that, all of the training, all of the, and just be myself. I yeah. had to break down all of that pretense, creating something that wasn't me, and just be authentically me and that's it and I thought well how should I do this I really am looking forward to this traveling and drinking and having fun and all of it so I'm just gonna just really you see it Nick keep talking oh no the there's B. the B I got, him. I got him right in the middle of it get that get that son of a gun I thought I'm gonna have fun it's gonna be I love talking to people I always have and I, yeah. I'm gonna enjoy the experience I'll be lighthearted, fun and positive you know without putting those labels on it and not just on the show. I want to be very much aware of how I come across the people, especially yeah. if the show's going to be on. And I remember, I just like to have fun and be funny without being a comedian, a professional like you. I just love to get reactions out of people based on, you know, uh, so like for instance, I, my passport was full. This was halfway through. Yeah. And I had to get another one. Yeah, me too. And so I, I go to the, the passport office and... Uh, they said, okay, where are you going? I said, how much time you have? I mean, yeah. I'm going to all these places. Yeah. They said, just, you got to tell us where you're going. I said, okay. Uh, and I think the first show up of the next season, it was in between seasons. I said, Australia. And she said, have you ever been, uh, have, have you ever been convicted of a crime? And I said, is that still a requirement? <laughs> <laughs> and she, she didn't get it, yeah. right? <laughs> Penal colony, and I didn't yeah. want to explain it. But I just thought it was, you know, I was really in, 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 the, uh, in the vein of let's enjoy this. I don't want to come across as highly intellectual because I'm not. I don't want to be overly. Are you still talking about being at the passport office? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be overly serious about yeah. it or overly prepared like yeah. you. I want to have the discovery on camera yeah. to learn about them. I don't want to tell them, hey, did you know this place was blah, blah, right. or your people were? No, you right. tell me and we'll we'll learn that together. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to find out that bullion base is a reduction and it's a fishy, fishy, fishy soup, I'm going to say that yeah. as opposed to, do you know, Mr. Bullion Base Maker, where this came from and what year it was invented and what's in it? Why would you do that? Why would you go somewhere and tell people about themselves? It's best if they tell it, if they share their story. Um, Brian Unger taught me. Brian Unger was on The Daily Show. And again, he's, he's one of my really good friends, and he's been a guest on here. If you want to listen, you can go back and listen to one of the podcasts with him. But um, he was... Um, a correspondent on The Daily Show and was actually uh, offered the chair when Craig Kilborn left. Because John Stewart originally said no. Okay. And they were going to give it to Brian. Right. And then John decided he was going to come back, so Brian didn't get it. It's it's just one of those amazing twists of fate. But again, even if you didn't if you didn't go to that audition, you wouldn't be here. Same with me and the, sure, you know, this, yeah. all these things. 
But um, uh, he taught me this amazing trick because he's just I, I just was always impressed with his professionalism and and his intelligence. But he 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 taught me this trick, which is really cool. Um, so because everything is edited and people forget sometimes even in our situation that it's edited and certainly people watching our shows forget that it's edited. Even Bourdain forgot that I was edited. I was at this house sitting with these guys talking for at least five hours of footage. What they decided to use was there was the prerogative of the editor. It wasn't what I chose. Oh, I, I, got, I get messages on Twitter. Yeah. Or I used to when the show was airing. Uh -huh. Oh, you're in Spain. How do you like it? Where yeah. are you going next next segment? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm not there. Right. And they said, oh, wow. How did you get to Madrid that fast? In, uh, in the commercial break. I swear they would say that. That's amazing. And they thought it was right there. Yeah. When are you coming back from Spain? No, I'm back. It's edited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. airing tonight, yeah, yeah. but I'm not it's in not Spain. Live. How could I be around the whole country? I remember one time I had to change into my pajamas in front of the TV, and I didn't want to do it. And and my mom's like, why? I'm like, well, because they can see me. She's like, no, they can't see you. I was 15. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, uh, 15. I didn't <laughs> learn until I was 18. I was 17. Um, so Brian taught me this trick, and it was a, it was a way of repeating back something so that the editor could use it. So let me let me ask you a question. Um, um, let me see something that you would know about. Um, okay, so when did you move to Arizona from Boston? 1975. Uh, 75. And then what, what neighborhood did you move into? Uh, Central Phoenix. Okay. So you moved to Central Phoenix in 1975. Um, and what was your feeling when you, you know, so I just repeated back. So they cut that out, and it's like, wow, how did he know? You know what I'm saying? Because he cut that, ah. cut out you giving me the information, sure. and they just cut to me saying the information. But it can even be more information. That, so you moved to um, Phoenix from Boston, 1975, to central Arizona. You went to uh, Coyote High School and where you played football. <laughs> it's like, and then, and then you're just like, uh-huh. So all you have to do is you say like this. So you, so what, you go like this. So what you're telling me is, you moved from Boston to Phoenix in 1975 to Central Central Phoenix. You were a coyote, of course, played on the football team or hockey. And then, so it's like all he does is cut out the, so what you're telling me is. Right. So, so in the moment, the person doesn't know that that's what you're doing. And it makes him seem really smart, like yeah. he's done it, all this research. Right, so it makes me, as the reporter or whatever, seem very smart. Sure. But also, when I said, so what you're telling me is, and then I pause. Edit. It gives an edit point sure so that does. you, as the interviewee, don't know what it what it, I'm doing. I think that he learned that because remember how the Daily Show would kind of do these like tongue in cheek sure. uh, interview right. correspondence segments. You kind of learned some some tricks. That was kind of fun. Yeah, so. that's really good editing too. Because yeah. as as we still know from the Daily Show and others, um, people really look stupid on some of these shows. Yeah, I don't think it's just editing, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah, you know. I have so many more questions for you. We haven't even talked about favorites or times you got in trouble or times you were afraid sure. or times you wish you could just leave or any of that kind of stuff. All so, those things existed. So, because uh, I have them too. And I get asked these all the time. So what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back in not, not too long and continue this conversation. That sounds great. Uh, until then... Thanks Enjoy. for the Mai Tai You're and the horrible marshmallows. Well, but the good s'mores. Th these Pleplius mugs 
These double wall insulated Pleplius mugs are available at Pleplius.com. They'll keep your drink longer, 10 times more colder than others. Are you lightly toasted right now? <laughs> How many Mai Tais have you had well, before we started? When we, when you, when We've we, had a couple, right? When you went to the bathroom, I got another. <laughs> so we will pick it up another time mm-hmm. and talk some more? Yeah. Okay. Speaking of edit points. <laughs> Hey, if you like that video, please like, subscribe, tell your friends. I mean, they should subscribe, right guys? Don't you agree? (laughs) 